Welcome back to the Hakoverse and another episode of Exploring Ototahi. On this episode, I'm chatting to Anne-Marie Duff, better known as T.G. Shant, a musician whose career has taken them from the mighty Mosgill to Melbourne to here, Christchurch, the Garden City. We talk about the changing face of the city pre-post-earthquake, where the new music scene may find a footing in the new city that's being built, and share our experiences as musicians growing older and wanting to remain creative. It's a good episode, and I'm really enjoying getting to know the scene and meeting people. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. And without any further ado, let's kick it. Let's get straight into TG Shan. Before we get memory hold, I, know, I guess so let's, we'll start. Let's go back to the start. But when did you? When were your first experiences in the Christchurch music scene? Like, paint uh-huh. me a picture. Okay, so I was in Dunedin, and then I had been taking these like music technology classes while I was failing everything else, and I just at, I, at university, at uni, yeah, and um. And then I was like, oh, this is this is really cool. So I went up to Christchurch to study at the at Mains. Cool. <laughs> and um, didn't know anyone. Um, and I was doing this funny little electronic project called Imdali just to, like, learn how to do music production and doing electronic music and stuff, like, super random stuff. But I was playing, I was playing, like, started to play gigs and stuff at some point. But, yeah, didn't know anyone. So I was just, like, turning up to these gigs and didn't know a soul and was just like oh, so awkward anyway and, and <laughs> oh, it just makes me feel weird even thinking about that <laughs> but like yeah ended up meeting some really nice people and um uh yeah and then got and uh got a um a band together for one of the uh RDU roundups for Imdalo and um Matt Scobie and um uh like jo- Josh Black and Sam Hood and Danny Webster, like they they were all playing in the band and they're just such nice guys. It was really, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Just like I'd never experienced playing my own music live for the, so it was very exciting. Mm. And I, yeah, yeah. What, That's like my first, those are my first memories, yeah. What, what were the kind of like local bands that were um, in their prime at that time? Do you remember? Uh, so T54 was was big um yep and uh the oh shit what was the band that like josh black and the other josh that went on to do um yumi selma bang bang itch maybe oh yeah they they were they played it they were playing around as well but no it was this other it was such good music as well and it was just like i think it was those two guys that were just doing the music (sighs) sorry i'm being completely useless um god damn it what were they called you can edit. You can bloody edit this bit. Well, <laughs> let me just let me just find out. Um, um, sleepy age. Sleepy age. Sleepy age. I yes. That name. Yeah. So was this just yeah. just pre-earthquake? Yeah. It, yeah. It probably would have been. It would have been like a year or two pre-earthquake. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I, I was at one of the very early 
our high school band was at one of the very first T54 shows, like opening for them at a place called Double Happy. Oh, I remember that place. I don't think I had many gigs yeah, there. Yeah. It was, but we, we did one there. Wow. Yeah. I remember seeing like a drum and bass band play there one time. Crazy. Yeah. It was on High Street, right? Yeah. 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 But I, I mean, it's, I, when I think of that time, I more think of like Goodbye Balloon Monday yeah. playing there and yeah. that kind of scene as well. I had like, I actually, I walked past like kind of the Smash Palace area where Poplar Lane used to be yesterday with um, like an old workmate that was visiting from like Florida and he was like, oh, were you here before the earthquake and blah, blah. <laughs> and, and I was kind of walking past pointing out where Poplar Lane used to be and yeah. mm. it was pretty special. And yeah. so like what, how did the earthquake change things for you musically in Christchurch? Were you here for that? Did that, yeah. and that seat, did, is that, how long did you stay after that? Um, so because Mains didn't like if you were still at Mains, didn't Mains's studio and stuff get shut down post earthquake? Yeah, so I wasn't at Mains at the time. Right, I think it was. Yeah, it was kind of the year <clears throat> that the year after that, and I was working doing this like receptionist admin job uh, in Lincoln. Um, but we'd start like I'd kind of joined miniatures. Like, like I think we'd just been like kind of, I don't know, maybe it would have been like three or four months, like really early days. And then um, I remember, because obviously it was just so messed up and mm. everyone was, you know. Um, and I remember getting out of town like the day after the earthquake, as soon as the roads opened, driving down to Dunedin. But I actually didn't know if Che was alive. So Che is the guy, I'm not sure if you know Che, guy from Miniatures, but... Um, yeah, and he was working un- in a cafe underneath Ballantines. And, oh, God, yeah, I just remember. And I hadn't heard from him because all the communication and phone lines were down and messages were getting lost everywhere. Um, and I, I remember, like, driving down to Dunedin and, like, crying because I didn't know if mm. – I was like, oh, shit, he must be dead. Like, I don't know. Anyway, but then um, it was all it was all fine. And then when, when everything kind of settled down, him and a few of his flatmates, like, came down to Dunedin and, like, hung out with um, – in my like me and my family for like a couple of weeks I think we were doing a lot of miniatures writing and that's kind of where that Ford like he'd already done like quite a lot of the the music anyway but um that first Ford track EP that we did we kind of just recorded it all there and just put it out there yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um and yeah I only really stayed I think everyone I, I actually got a really good job after that because someone had left because of the earthquake doing sound design for um video games so it was like the dream um but that only lasted for like a year um because the the company kind of downsized a bit and they um there were two of us working there as sound designers and they were like you guys decide what you want to do either you guys can go like you know half hours or and you can both stay or one of you leave type thing and I was like look um all my friends are going to Melbourne I'll just go (laughs) um so I just like bought a one-way ticket and went there with really not very much money at all. So <laughs> I was really close to having to come back actually. Yeah. Literally got down to like the last seven dollars in my bank account. And I remember oh anyway, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you ended up spending eight years there, is that what you said to me before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. about seven, eight years. Seven, yeah. Seven eight years, well. Wow. Yeah. And as someone who like had experience with Christchurch, had experience with living here and pre and a little bit post earthquake as well, how did you feel 
when you started thinking seriously about coming back and moving back here? Um, it was the circuit. Yeah, it, it wasn't on my mind to come back. Like I think um, the guy that I was with at the time, we like we we both had like pretty intense jobs, um, and I was getting pretty burnt out. And um, yeah, he had a sick family member, and so that's what brought us back. But we were also thinking, okay it'd be good to like start a business and like, you know, that kind of stuff. So we moved back here kind of to, to do that. Um, and, and it was really influenced by family stuff as well. So yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, yeah. And how did you feel once you were back in though? Did it feel? I hated it to be honest. Yeah, I really right. hated it. Like, and I think it was cause I didn't know like many, like many people in it, in the music scene or like young, young people who were like, had good vibes like it was yeah so uh actually no that's not true I met some really really cool people especially like through work and stuff um but yeah honestly I really hated it for like a really long time and it was only in like year five or six or something that had been back that I started kind of liking it again yeah but but I mean like the thing is that's probably my own head as well it's like you know you choose you can like choose to go out and like meet new people and stuff and yeah I just I didn't, I was in like work mode, so that's on me, not on Christchurch. <laughs> yeah. But it is interesting because like I, I, in my experience of Christ, I would have never have imagined I'd ever voluntarily live mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You know, um, but in the last at least like couple of years, if not three years, it does have a different feeling about it that I'm still yet to kind of, that I guess this is partly for me about exploring. Like mm. there, uh, I don't know. It's and, and well, exploring whether other people feel that kind of thing yeah. as well. Yeah, because it does feel like there are real hangovers from the earthquake. Still, mm. like I don't think I'm going to go through any one of these interviews and not have the earthquake mentioned. Mm. But then there's that weird dichotomy dichotomy of like it gets mentioned every time but it doesn't really get seriously talked about in terms of like what it did to the music scene and whether or not or how it changed the music scene for me that's the really interesting part because we're not past it I don't think no I think yeah it's really funny I I do think well not funny but interesting like I do think about it sometimes because I think before there there's so many things that that it affected like before the earthquake we had this like community of people who were all a really similar age all into really similar music and it was quite a central thing and it was all kind of like around Poplar Lane or like the Ducks and there was that really it was like really cohesive and and it was not only that it was like because they were public bars that anyone could just kind of walk into especially Goodbye Blue Monday like you would just get people who were going to the bar that Mm. that weren't necessarily part of the music scene and they'd like come along um, and it wasn't just the music scene seeing other things from the, from the music scene um, and then uh, so there's that and I guess like before the earthquake I, I, I don't know if this is true but I imagine that the the kind of rents like the commercial rents around Poplar Lane would have been a lot cheaper um, whereas now everything's been knocked down there's been all this huge expense put into the buildings and everything. It's like the freaking glass city, but like that central city part is like the rents are just ridiculous. Like no one can afford to be in there. So there's like not really the chance for 
venue owners or people who want to try something new to do something without fucking like bankrupting themselves. Mm. Um, so there's like that, there's this, there's this chance for experimentation there. And also because everyone left because there wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity here for like a really long time. And I think people realized that as the years went on and as like the buildings just stayed flat and, you know, and Mm. so more and more people kind of left and, and it meant that there was this like big kind of, I don't know, gap between, between scenes or people coming up but but also like having said that I'm kind of full of shit because I'm just talking about people who are like our age <laughs> whereas like I know that there's a really cool scene here for like electronic music and EDM and stuff like that and I'm not into that kind of stuff but they are yeah and they're doing like cool warehouse parties and like um the Mary Hush people were doing those huge parties and that kind of thing and that's not that's not my scene but you know I don't know there's still stuff happening yeah Yeah, of course do you think then like yeah that's an interesting point about the central city and how Mm. it's not necessarily set up in a way that you think an arts community could take root again or at least like a Mm. non-commercial side of arts like this you know salt district has a lot of like commercialized arts Mm. um professional arts you could maybe say do you think it is are we going to need, are we going to be, have to build some infrastructure somewhere else in Christchurch and, and where would that be then? Like I keep thinking about um, basically those blocks from essentially like South Central all the way through to Woolston. There's so much industrial warehousing, the old stadium, all that stuff that like doesn't really seem hugely utilized. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, I think, with zoning, we'll get pretty quickly. I guess what I'm saying is I feel like we have a really small window at the moment where we don't have the problems of space in Auckland if we're trying to design an entertainment district or a music district. or yeah. we, we, we have a small but rapidly closing window to kind of actively plan forwards, you know? Yeah. Is that the sense you get as well? Um, I'm a really cynical person, so I kind of, uh, I, th- I kind of think okay, that that's, well, what that do you that's, think? It's not going to happen. Yeah, because who's like who who is driving it and who's benefiting from it? Mm. Like, if there was someone in council whose job it was to say, okay, we've got this, like, we want to have a music scene here. This is what we're going to do. Like, it, yeah, maybe that is someone's job, and they're just finding it really hard to make it happen. I don't know, but mm. like, um, there's so much stuff at play. It's like, um, and I. I mean, I, I don't want to like blame it, like, because I, you no, know, it's a, it's a really, yeah, but it's like a really hard job and there's so many moving parts. It's like they've got the whole um, like housing crisis. So they're trying to encourage people to build more so that people have a place to live. But like, and it's kind of like that's taken priority over the entertainment side of things. But it's, you know, there are still bars and stuff. It's like the oh God. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what the answer is. But it's it's just it, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to walk past places like where Poplar Lane used to be and know what a cool scene was happening in there, and like where so many people met. There's such like a good community, and it was such a good public place, and all those little laneways, and it was so accessible because it was right in the centre of the city, um, really close to like jazz school mains and like the um, Ara well what it used to be um and yeah so it was just really easy for everyone to get to whereas like 
if like you've got the loons for example out in Littleton which is amazing um and like people are doing such cool gigs out there or like if we could put something in um in that more industrial area that would be really cool but then it gets hard to get people there as well it becomes de- it's a destination venue. it's like a distant yeah that's yeah um i don't know like i there's so much industrial area in sydenham i don't know what the rents are like there though maybe that's too expensive as well i don't know yeah and like they're all yeah lots of like garages and stuff those buildings are so cool though like how awesome would it be to be able to i don't know turn one of those warehouse spaces into a even like temporarily yeah Mm. so cool and like it's only really industrial space around there like you say it's not houses or anything the Christchurch music scene could learn or change things that you've seen in other places I, I guess a more specific version of that like what what do you think about the venue situation and all that stuff in Christchurch is that something that you see is it's actually okay um, maybe we just have actually all the venues we, we, we can sustain mm. or do you think like that's something we actually need to be really investing in, and so 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 sorry, my brain is going to so many oh, of things around that. It's like there are great venues here, and there are like people who are really passionate about those venues that they're running, and like we are so lucky to have them because who like who else is going to put their hand up and do that? Like that's Crazy an, an, an run incredible venues. amount of work. Like Jesus, yeah. Um, and then the other side of that is like the investment like that you're talking about to do maybe like a if you're talking about like a bigger venue in the centre of town because we did have that kind of stuff before the earthquake but like who's going to invest in it because they're not going to make any money out of it so it's like you're basically just trying to get someone to do a charity project <laughs> so is it like is it the is that the council's responsibility or like yeah I don't know mm. sorry you've asked a very cynical person like no, no, but I like I, I just yeah um and the other thing is, like, people – I've been to a few gigs lately and they're, like, awesome, awesome artists, like, coming from Auckland or wherever, and there's just no one there at the gig. And it's, it's – so it's um, it's not just a venue problem. It's, or not a problem, but, like, it's um, – it's, like, the, the audience has to be there as well. And, you know, like, for, you think about those EDM gigs and stuff, like, they've got a huge scene. They've got lots of people going along, so – yeah, maybe maybe it's just that there aren't a huge amount of people in Christchurch that like indie music like we do. I don't know. I think that's so, a global so, thing. It's so like you know, yeah. yeah. But I think I think that's the really good point is that like, and I've made it to a few people is that why the dance scenes are finding it partly why the dance scenes are finding it so easy is because it's a far natural, far more natural fit for the 
youth demographics yeah, and in the terms uni, of music yeah. and the uni right yeah. now. And the audiences for the kind of indie music that we like is tending to be slightly older now. Yeah. Therefore, it was far more impacted by the stop-start nature of the earthquake and post-earthquake. Yeah, the, totally. The, the break yeah. in momentum, and now and now we're actually actually at a point where like we we can't just rely on eighteen to twenty year olds turning up and yeah. getting back in the flow. With hundred percent, yeah. Like refill, refill was amazing. Look at the like all of that scene that we had around Otago Uni. Mm. Like, yeah. Whereas like here in Christchurch, the Uni is what, like way out of town. It's yeah. quite it's quite it's quite a different setup in terms of the dynamic of the city in general. Yeah. Are you like a are you like a transport nerd? Do you like that kind of stuff where you think about like we need to connect up, we need to get bus routes going between here and there and infrastructure and stuff. Do you like thinking about that kind of that kind of shit? I do. I don't. I don't know if like transport is. It's more just having like a central place. Because you think about Dunedin, everything's in one place. Same with Wellington; it's all it's all kind of walkable in and one place. Kind of Auckland with K Road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all like this one hub. Whereas here we've got the central city, but that's um, as you've just pointed out is not necessarily going to be the place for music. Yeah, yeah. That's re- that's really yeah. worrying, isn't it? Yeah, but like the thing is, people are there are heaps of people doing awesome things, and like you know, they're de- you know destination places and. Um, even just thinking about cafes and, and bars and stuff that people are doing like a little bit differently. Um, I think the audience thing is a really interesting one for me because it's, it's like a big problem, but one that if you worked on and solved a little bit with all the projected people that are moving down here from lots of different ages, there's a, there's a lot to be gained from solving that problem and, and somehow reaching out to to different communities and growing audiences again. For me, I think the big thing is like getting momentum back means probably actually, I don't think it's a coincidence that pre-earthquake, the Christchurch music scene was not only strong, but had a really strong all ages scene. Mm. And now there is. Oh yeah. Zebedee's. Zebedee's. Yeah. (laughs) Creation. All of those places Mm. was really strong. And there is nowhere for that to even take root now. Mm. Like a Rolling Stone is doing like two o'clock gigs on Saturdays. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Which are cool. But then again, you go along and it's like very much an Irish bar. You're all surrounded by alcohol. It's in the dark. <laughs> like it's, it's you're never going to have a perfect scenario for young people to be introduced to music other than Smoke Free Rock West. Mm. Um, but then again, it would be nice to have some options for those ambitious young kids who want to put gigs on to mm. not have it in like such an alcohol um, coded space yeah, <laughs> or, or, or a religious coded space. Yeah. Um, which is the only yeah, other option usually yeah, most of the time. Yeah. That's really interesting. So yeah, that's where I'm mm. at the, with at the moment is like, I think it's what you said about, yeah. At, like the momentum being cut from it um, post earthquake is something that hasn't, been the engine hasn't like been I don't think properly been started back up again it's just the same people who all stayed here mm. we're all just kind of either coming returning to or have stayed and are just carry on doing what we're doing as we've always done it yeah <laughs> I don't know um yeah I think it's, it's I think yeah you're just relying on those like really special people who are like willing to put all of that time and energy into it and like everyone is just so f- 
fucking tired at the moment. If like everyone's freaking out about money, cost of living is so high. We're all just trying to survive at the moment. It's like mm. it's so hard to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, art is yeah. a luxury. Art is a luxury. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. What does music and say TG Shan, but we can keep like mm-hmm. the idea of like music more generally for you um, look like in the next like couple of years? Honestly, I don't know. Like we're working towards a, like a festival gig in February. Um, and so, yeah, I th- it's just kind of that time period of just like putting, you know, putting all the practices in and then doing that. But like, it's really hard. Like financially, it's really hard. Um, it's a lot of time when you're trying to make ends meet in life in general. Like, you know, like I feel really lucky to, you know, have a, have a good job and, and that kind of thing. Um, um, yeah, sorry, I don't I just went like straight to the financial thing, didn't I? Jesus, no, I feel like I always do that because it's like, it, it, it's, it stresses me out anyway. Um, but it's clear, but that's but like, very authentic. It's obviously like, yeah, like, that's your experience with art at the moment is it's intertwined with Yeah, because it's like, it, it's like time. Yeah. And, and like, it does cost, it, it costs a lot to put a gig on and then you don't get, you don't, you just, it's just money down the drain and then, um, you, you know, there's only so long you can sustain that. Like, I really love, um, I really love writing music, and it doesn't cost me to like produce it or anything. I mean, like mastering and stuff, but like that's, you know, like you can just sit there and tinker on it, and then do that later, and that's great. Um, but yeah, it's more like the recording stuff that I like doing, and that doesn't cost anything. It's just time. But um, I know I feel like things things get really busy, and you just want to sleep. <laughs> You know, so I just, <laughs> this is like just getting old, eh? But I, I don't know. I probably have a bit of a different attitude about it now because I did like the EPs out and that was like a big like multi-year project. So mm. I'm probably just, wow, I'm like so jaded right now. <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry. Fine. I'm just like, it's not jaded. It's just because I, I love music and creativity and I just think it's the best feeling ever. And like it's meant a lot to me through life in general. And just that sense of like listening to something and thinking, oh my god, like how did they come up with that? And and that whole sound and um, you know the way it just like moves you so like emotionally and you just get sucked in and stuff. And I just like I just love that. And um, so yeah, like it means like a huge amount to me in in that sense. But um, yeah, sometimes when you get older and life is like. <laughs> just like you well, there's life. a lot there's a lot on like um sometimes it's yeah sometimes it takes a back burner i guess yeah i don't know how do you think about it i, I just I, I just think of it as like a really nice to have but yeah there's a lot of denial of reality that goes on for me yes 100 percent. that like the potential yes. I, I just sit there being like i can I'm just going to ignore the fact that I, I go like, I, I want to make this build this thing for myself where I can just do this most of the time. Still, yeah. I'm still in that yeah. spot, Nice, which is a bit different for me, I guess, because I technically, I, I'm not just trying to do a traditional singer, songwriter, write, record releases like an artist. Yeah. So it is a bit different. I, and, and in my mind, I think a bit easier. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of it requires me to ignore the reality that it's a near impossible thing to do to actually 
be able to function in a way that would try and create it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I yeah. had a day a couple of days ago where that just completely collapsed. And that's like, re- that can be really dark. Yeah. Like totally scrolling through seek, looking at like building apprenticeships and oh, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. For like a cut uh, until you kind of can't work your way out of it for, after a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah. But I do think like I, and again, maybe I'm just, back in my I'm very comfortable denying reality but I do think for things like what I'm doing which is a far more kind of eclectic or non-traditional music industry career I actually think it's the best chance ever to be able to do it now in 2023 compared to any other time in the music industry to build a non-traditional kind of bespoke music career mm. is actually the easiest it's ever been because of the internet and, the t- mm. and tools like that. Yeah. I also think it's the hardest it's ever been if you're just trying to be the Beatles mm. or be a songwriter yeah. or be an artist. Like it's, I think that's never been harder because there's more, more people doing it. There's mm. less money in it to sustain you through it. You have to be so good at what you're doing because you're competing. But, you know, you used to just be, be competing with, whatever was also released on the radio this week, mm. but now you're competing yeah. with the Beatles because, yeah. or, you know, and I like to get, or cause everyone's on Spotify and the entire music is on there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what I try and like say to people like, um, I, I, I think it's never been easier and never been harder at the same time. And it's, yeah. it's more about trying to find your own way or being so fucking good that mm. you can do it the old way. <laughs> yeah. Both of yeah. those things are really hard. Yeah. Also, like, what is good? Because, like, there are so many artists that are, like, my favorite artists ever, and they didn't, like, make it, or they couldn't make a living out of it, you know? It's I guess like, good is finding an like, audience. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think it's, that's, that's the... I think I think it's the great thing about now is that, like, more than ever, the audience is king. Mm. You actually... You can... You could have zero industry boxes ticked or traditional boxes ticked in any way. And it's literally meaningless if you have an audience of a couple thousand people who are going to give you money yeah, every year. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Whereas every time in the past, like th- they were all the gatekeepers, you had to be on radio, you had to try and get on TV. Yeah. No one would come to your gigs, all those kind of like blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to, you really don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm. You, all you have to worry about is, finding and maintaining an audience yeah that's true and and i think and like making music that connects with them yeah yeah and i think the more that people understand that um audiences aren't held by people who work for radio stations or people who work for tv or people who who book for festivals there may be some audience there but your audience is going to have to be found there's no that easy way doesn't work anymore you can't just and, and and that's a good thing because now you don't have to desperately give yourself away to these people. Yeah. Um, and I wish more and more people felt a bit more empowered in that sense, you know? That's true. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that's a really good way to look at it. And I, I guess also like, because so many of us now are just like, you know, we're, you know, we've got full-time jobs and we're doing, we're just doing music as well. It's like, you can kind of focus it on just like doing like making what you want to make and what you believe is good art mm. and like not have to rely on those people so much because it, 
like you, you can never guarantee that one person is going to like it or that, you know, you can, all you can do is just like focus on doing what you think is good. And then, and I feel like maybe that kind of dynamic makes that easier to do. I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. I was having this conversation with a couple of people at Smash Palace like last year or something. And, you know, we were just talking about like, they're, they're into completely different music. They're making electronic music and stuff. And we were just talking about how, yeah, you can't, you always have that feeling of like potential and like, yep, if I just do one more track, maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll reach like the right person. And maybe, maybe this will mean that it can, you know, like I think, and I think that's so cool about creative people that, you know, like that, that's a, that, that's we're a thing. And, and we're, we are kind of delusional, but like, it's the best, it's the, it's so good. Cause you have to have that, that hope and that like, um, so sometimes you have to have that feeling of like potential to be able to do it. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I just want to make it out or whatever. But um, yeah, we were talking about how, yeah, you can never, you can never guarantee that there's going to be an audience or anything, but yeah, you just kind of have to focus on doing the art you want or the, like the vision or whatever that you hear. Like, I don't know, just trying to bring things to life. Eh? Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good message for our young listeners out there. <laughs> and, our, and people that are old like me. questions i do at the end of these episodes Ooh, yeah and the first one is who else in the christchurch music scene should i talk to for this podcast do you think who would you be interested in hearing me talk to about christchurch and the christchurch music scene um richard obviously i'd be interested to hear what richard would say also hope i've just chosen two like people that i played with but um yeah i'd be i'd be interested to know what what their experience has been yeah Hope Robertson. Hope Robertson, yeah. She's amazing. Who's also a legend of the Dunedin music yeah, scene as well. Yeah, yeah. And Richard, obviously, a legend of the Wellington and New Zealand music <laughs> scene, Berlin yeah. music scene as well. Yeah. You already said Brian. I've already um, talked to Brian. You've already, already talked to Brian. Got some gems out of him. Yeah. Um, were they spicy gems? Yeah, I mean, he said that the thing that makes Christchurch music so good is that they have superior taste. <laughs> yes, love that. Which I love. Yeah, awesome. Okay, and I'd say both of those. Hope's a good one that hasn't mm. been brought up, but I, yeah, because there's a lot to talk there yeah. about, I think, as yeah. well. Um, and number two, what what Christchurch song would you like to play out the end of this episode? Oh. Oh, I want time to think about that because it's got to be like really, really good. Uh, maybe like, um, do you know, for, like the French for rabbits claimed by the sea. Like, I don't know why that's just like such a lovely. You've just put I your hand over I your heart. I know, I'm just like, I'm just, 
<laughs> that was like the first one that comes to mind. But Brooke, oh well, yeah, well, t- tell I me remember. About it. I remember her playing me like the demo of it, and I was like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. Um, yeah, that's a really lovely. Song. Oh, there are so many good songs. There's also there was this band. Um, oh god, I'm just gonna shut up. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna make myself a little playlist, and then send you a song to play. <laughs> I think I'll play the French for rabbits yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. But you could make a maybe you could make a little Christchurch centric playlist and put it out at the same time as yeah, the, maybe I will because it's a nice little. It is a yeah. cool thing. Like, I do think I'm a I'm a big believer in like cultural identity and like signifiers, like publicly staking like here is what a Christchurch sound is or here is what this scene sounds like. And yeah. that I think I, I view that as like a good thing mm. being like kind of def, like defining things in that way. I've had a few like, see, I, it's funny. I don't think the same way. Yeah. See, yeah. I, 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 and like I had Violet French be like, no, stop using the word scene. Yeah. But I, I just feel it as like, you can't, what's, what kind of, would you like to buy a pie? Well, I'd like to buy a certain type of pie. Mm. Well, what, so what's in this pie? Ah, uh, I don't like to label pies. They're just kind of pies. Have a taste, see what they say. Well, I'm not going to have a taste because you haven't defined for me what is actually inside of it. I totally, I totally know what you're saying yeah. and you're basically describing genres, but like, I, that's, and that's very, it's important to have that in many areas of life, but like, I don't think a place has to have a specific type of genre as a as its own scene. Like I think, like yeah, I don't know. I don't think it has to have it. No, but I think if if people have been living here and making music, there will mm. be common signifiers in certain areas of it. Yeah, I think I I I, I get what you're saying. I don't think I agree because there are so many different ways that you're influenced by music and like especially thinking about Christchurch at the moment, like you've got this huge EDM scene or whatever. And like people like Beck and Bloom doing this like incredibly like internationally recognized music. And then, you know, you've got like, like Brian and the, like the melted ice cream stuff as well, which is a completely different genre. Yeah. But you're describing scenes. Yeah. But that's, like oh so, so you're saying that there can be like different scenes yeah okay, I'm, not, okay. I'm, not, I'm not trying to boil Christchurch down okay to, right gotcha um G, uh, Christchurch sounds like a G minor chord that's not what I'm trying to do <laughs> but I think it is important to be like yeah there are there are things that have happened here and there have been commonalities between them and some of them mm. are happening now mm. like yeah. Dunedin shouldn't it suffers a lot from being defined by the Dunedin sound yeah but. You can, I, I quite like describing different scenes happening contemporarily in Dunedin right now as the mm. new Dunedin sound. Because <laughs> it is te- like... Does that ruffle some feathers? Oh, I absolutely. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, funny. everyone has a different perspective on it and everyone's perspective is fine. Like, Just yeah. incorrect and mine is yeah. the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Get out of my house. No, and broken glass spread across the floor The door is wide open and the sand matrix all down the hall Broken pane 
Drew.